you know, there's, there's, um, there's different ways to approach things. There's different ways to handle a situation. And, you know, when you work for a company and you're in HR, human resources, you know, you have a set of rules that you go by when you're dealing with different types of situations because things are common. And so you want to know how to deal with those situations. And there's a way to handle certain things. Uh, you work for a company and they say, when this happens, you do that. When this happens, you do that. Because it's in the manual, tells you how to handle this situation and that situation. And it, and it makes us feel really safe, you know, because then we're like, hey, these guys are smart and they've been in this business for however many years and they've written down everything in the manual of how you're supposed to handle this situation. Now, that's lower realm, which is fine because it works. You know, you're doing lower realm things, you want a lower realm manual. But what about higher things? What about the spiritual? Well, that's a different situ situation altogether. Now, if we're going to do something, the Bible says, I'll show you the scripture. It says, whatever you do, do it in Jesus' name. Whatever you do. Whatever it might be that you're doing. I'm doing something right now. All right, well, do it in Jesus' name. What does that mean? Well, do it like you're doing it to Jesus. Doing it like you're doing it for Jesus. I'm doing some work. Well, who are, you, who are you working for? I'm working for Jesus. Oh, well, is Jesus like your boss at your job? Yeah, he's my boss. I do everything like I'm doing it for Jesus. And then, you know, and, and, and even if I'm working, like I say, I go and I, someone needs help with their groceries. I'll be like, I'm going to go help you with your groceries. Well, who did you do that for? I did it for them, but you actually did it for Jesus. And you know what it says? It says that if you do it for Jesus, or you do it as you were doing it for Jesus, that he will pay you. That's a win-win right there. I get to do some stuff for Jesus, which looks like a person, but it's actually Jesus. And then when I'm all done, he's like, I'm going to pay you for that. I like that. So that's why it says, do everything like you're doing it for Jesus. Because then you're going to be pretty wealthy because he pays well. <laughs> but what do we usually do? Uh they always complain. I got to go and do that for them again. Ah, what? A, these people are a pain. Do it for Jesus. And then you'd be like, boy, that was real pain to do all that. Well, it's a good thing Jesus is paying me for this. Because he said, if I do it as I'm doing it unto him. Now, when you're doing something for Jesus, you'd be like, yes, sir. I will absolutely do that. I don't have to go and volunteer at the children's ministry to do something unto Jesus. The Bible says, do everything like you're doing it unto Jesus. And then he'll pay you for it. Should I help? If I have a big church that I'm in and they're doing children's and they say, can you help in children's? You're like, I'd like to help in children's. But don't think for a second that you're helping in children's is doing more for Jesus than you helping your neighbor. It's the same. It's the same. <laughs> yeah, but those kids are hearing the gospel. But do you know that helping your neighbor is the gospel? That actually is the gospel. You're actually doing the gospel live in your own backyard. You're doing the gospel, like the real gospel. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor like you love yourself. You are literally doing 
the commandment of Christ. And then it says when you do that, he sees it and he'll pay you. That's a great deal. I say we take him up on it and it's a fun thing to do. So, you know, anytime you get that little works, <laughs> the little works lens on, just tell the little works lens, first of all, take it off, and then realize that any work you're doing, you just do unto Jesus anyway. Listen, if you're cleaning your house, clean unto the Lord. If you're helping your kids, help unto the Lord. If you're helping your spouse, help unto the Lord. You know, you're doing it, you're doing it like you're doing it for Jesus. You know, it's not something that you're, you're, you know, you say, well, I need something. I need, I, I, I need them to do something. Okay, maybe you do. But understand this. If you need them to do that thing, okay, understand that Jesus doesn't need anything. <clears throat> but people do. Does Jesus need anything? No. The Bible says that he stands, like I think it was Enoch, one of them saw, I saw, I saw the Most High God sitting on his throne, and he is sitting in front of probably trillions upon trillions of people, maybe more, a multitude. And he says he needs no counselor. That's pretty powerful. He needs no one to counsel him. There he is. He is the self-existent one. He is Yahweh. He is our creator. He needs no help at all. <laughs> he does things of his good pleasure. He loves what he's made. He loves us, but he loves his creation. He doesn't like it when people talk bad about his creation. In the Psalms, David said that wicked men talk about destroying the earth. When they're talking about the earth being destroyed on this and global warming and all that, the Bible is very clear that wicked men talk like that, that he has no intention of destroying the things of his love. He loves his earth. He loves this creation. He wants it to be, why did he send Adam and Eve into a garden to do what? Cut it down? No, to nurture it. Now, do I not believe in cutting down trees? Well, of course you can cut down a tree. But, but what I'm saying is, is that it's not for destruction, it's for construction. It's for use. And he'll show us, I don't even think we're interacting with the creation the right way anyway. I think there's certain things that people are doing completely wrong, and eventually we'll get it right when we listen to the Spirit. But I don't even think we're interacting with creation the right way. You know, like, I mean, I know we're doing the best we can. So I'm not saying like everybody like live in the forest. I'm not saying that. <laughs> people, people think that. But I'm saying like as we're growing in knowledge, God's giving us this knowledge. I think that the creation itself, the way we, we interact with it, with the creation is going to be completely different. I had an experience the other day just with Kim out in the backyard with the, with the, with the weather. It was pretty amazing. I've never even, I didn't even know I could do that. But I did. We talked to the... I, listen, it's been like almost a million degrees here for like weeks, right? So we set our heart to go outside and work in the backyard. And I said, so I talked to, I talked to the weather and we kind of worked out a deal. And literally, like we walked outside and the clouds covered and covered up the sun for an hour and a wind blew. And right when we're done, I talked to it and I said, okay, we're about done. We'll be done before dark and then it can rain. And then, and then just as we finished the last little bit, here comes, here comes the rain. And then it rained in the front yard and moved to the backyard. And then it just downpoured the whole area when we went. And we actually had to go through the, um, through the screen because I'm like, look, because I, I could sense that 
it needed to rain and it wanted to rain. So I said, look, thank you for waiting. And then I, I didn't even go around the front. I went in through there so it could rain right away. And it just poured the second we walked. That was like an hour. Like, you can do these things. You can do them. It's not me. It's All of us can do this as we're engaging with Christ in creation. As Christ would, there's, there's things, and I have no idea, I probably won't even have to be able to post this, but so everything, everything has a personality behind it. Everything, like the weather, the sun, the stars, all of it. There's angels responsible for these things. God didn't just leave it. He, there's, he, he doesn't leave anything. Not, not only did he not leave us, he didn't leave anything. Like nothing has been left alone, okay? There's, there are angels, there's, there's, um, they're beings in themselves, which is weird to think about, but it's true. Like the sun, the stars, they all have their own personality. Even though we say, oh, there's science. Look, the science is just the observation of a miracle. That's fine. We can observe miracles. God made it that way. He wants us to observe them. He wants us to understand the physical side of it. But there's a spiritual side to everything, to all of the creation. And so as we're learning, the Spirit of the Lord is teaching us about how we can interact with nature. It's okay to interact with nature. There are, I have tons of examples in books and different things that I've read of different saints that were in the Spirit, and they interacted with nature all the time. Like they were making things grow that shouldn't be growing. One guy made a tree grow overnight. Like it was planted, and then the next day it was all grown. Over, in one night. Well, how does that happen? Well, it's a different realm. It's not the science realm. It's the, it's the I'll say, the miracle realm. <laughs> it's the miracle realm, or as like we call the spiritual realm, or the miracle realm. So this exists. It's there. And I would like to say that, no, it's not true. But honestly, I've had too much, first of all, reading, seeing, and experiencing to know to say that, no, it's just your imagination. I know it's not my imagination. I know exactly what I did. I, I intended, I did, boom, right through the line. It was not, it was something that came out of my spirit, out of my heart, that God was teaching me about. We all can do it. So I'm just saying that this is something that's there that God wants us to be aware of. Yeah, but you're not preaching the gospel to anybody. You're not telling them that they're sinners and that they need to know Jesus. I got it. But do you know that God can reveal to you things in your relationship with him? Do you understand that everything is not about telling everyone they're a sinner and they're going to hell? Because that's literally not a message that Jesus nor the disciples ever preached, honestly. Um, so, But it's to tell you how much God loves you. It's to tell you what he's done. And so his creation, that's why I'm saying, like, I don't think we always interact with creation the right way. You know, like the Indians and stuff, you know, they used to do like interactions with creation. But but I think some of that they learned from the beginning. I don't think that was all just pagan teaching. I think that that's the way people were at the beginning anyway. They were aware of the creation and what God had done. And they were aware of the personality behind the creation. So I'm just like... I know that modern Christianity is like repulsed by this and calls it new age, but it's not really new age at all. It has nothing to do with new age. And those guys, I have no idea how they marketed the way they did in the 60s, but everything that's spiritual is not new age. So I'm done with that. But anyway, this is, de this is de I definitely cannot broadcast this. But um, <laughs> but you can listen to it because it's going to be sloppy as anything. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so basically what I'm saying is, is that 
God wants us to be aware of his creation and to interact with the creation. And yes, that is highly spiritual. Yes, that is highly spiritual. That is something that God wants us to know about. The creation and what he made is not to be discarded. It is not inferior things. What, whenever I say the higher realm and the lower realm, I'm not talking about physical matter. I'm talking about how you interact with things and where you're coming from. That's what means higher and lower. A higher realm being the spirit, the lower realm being the soul. The soul in that realm without being renewed, so this is an unrenewed soul, an unrenewed mind, okay? An unrenewed mind operates everything out of a lower realm. When the mind is operating things out of a lower realm, there's always strife, there's envy, there's jealousy, there's greed, there's anxieties and worries and fears. They all exist in that lower realm. It has nothing to do with material. Material and spiritual were all created by God. God created the heavens and the earth. Don't honor invisible over physical. Physical and visible, invisible and visible were all created by God. The higher and lower realm has to do with how we're interacting with all of it. How you're interacting with spiritual things and how you're interacting with natural things. It has to do with where you're coming from. Are you coming from your oneness in Christ or are you coming from a sense of separation, a sense of sin, a sin consciousness, a separated consciousness that sees you far from God and that God's somewhere over here and you're over here, you see? So when we change and we become aware of our oneness with Christ, we're aware that we're in him and he's in us. Now, there's scriptures that talk about don't sin. Well, why? Why should you not sin? That's the lower realm. Don't interact with life in life from the lower realm. Some people do things, they call it Christian, but it's manipulation. It's making people afraid of God so that they'll do what you ask them to. Not good. Not good. And when Jesus was upset with the Pharisees, that's the kind of stuff he was upset with them. Because what did he tell them? He said to them very clearly, he said, you don't allow anybody in and you won't even go in yourself. And what was he talking about? The kingdom of heaven. He goes, you know how to get in. It's in the scriptures. It shows you. But you won't let them in. And you put a burden on people. You put a weight on them that they can't carry and you can't even carry. And you're not even carrying it yourself. But you put that weight on them. That's what he told of religious leaders. Religion is a weight. And Jesus was very clear about that. So what is he saying? That soulish unrenewed soul or an unrenewed mind not renewed in the knowledge of god is attempting to control its environment using tactics and techniques that don't come from heaven that's what an unrenewed soul does it tries to control its environment using tactics and techniques that are not heavenly in nature but are fallen they're fallen concepts so you're up and you fell. Nobody wants to fall, you know. It's like I, 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 I was up and then I fell. Well, that's not a good situation. No one ever said, oh, I'm so glad I fell. Nobody, nobody feels that's great to fall. Why would you want to fall? What is it called in the garden when Adam and Eve left the garden? The fall. <laughs> Why do we call it the fall? Because all the leaves fall off the tree. <laughs> you know, I mean, and why do they fall? So like new leaves can be there. So you had a fall. But then you had the new, which came in, which is Christ. But don't live in fall. Don't live in the fall in nature. Live in the life of Christ. 
when the thing falls, it means it died. You know, the, the evil spirits that are on the earth, where they came from? They fell. Well, where do they fall from? Well, they fall from heaven. Don't deal in a fallen realm. Don't deal in a place that you're not in. Don't try to figure out how to encounter God using tactics and techniques that are involve manipulation. I mean, give me a break. You think God has got a part of that? He does not have any part of that. That is all a soul. That is a unrenewed soul, unrenewed mind trying to live out of a fallen state. So I'm saying all that because I want us to understand that when we talk about the natural, we're not talking, when I say physical, physicality, there's nothing wrong with physicality. It's what are you doing with the physicality that can make it right or wrong? What are you doing? My yoke is light, so isn't it yoke? Yeah, a yoke. Yeah, you're yoked because you're one spirit, one heart with the Lord. You're yoked because you're one. He, the reason that Jesus, yeah, his, yeah, his yoke, his yoke is easy because you're you're one spirit with the Lord now. You're in Him and He's in you. You work out of that love of Him. You see, His heart and your heart are one heart. So, like, even to talk about like what I said last week about you know doing what the Father does, saying what the Father says. Well, where does that come from? It comes because your heart and his heart are one heart. How does that look? It could look a whole lot of different ways because you're, you're coming from the same place, which is the love of God, the love of the Father. So when it says, I don't do, what are the other things that you could do other than the will of the Father? Fallen things. And you don't really need to have anything to do with fallen things because you're not fallen. You're raised. Bible says we've been raised with Christ. So you're not fallen with Christ. Christ didn't fall. Christ didn't fall to the earth. He came. He was born. He would <laughs> He's the seed inside of the inside of time that that grew into the tree. Actually, it grew into a mountain. He he was planted. He didn't fall to the earth. He was planted inside of the earth. He's the beginning. He's the alpha omega. He's the beginning and end. He, he didn't fall to the earth. He was born. He's, he actually is what can, the, whole, the whole of creation it consists by him. It exists by him and is upheld by him. So when Christ appeared in flesh on the earth and was, and was manifested, okay, that's a manifestation of the actual creation and the heart of creation itself is Christ. All of creation is, comes from him. So that man, so, so when we say something's fallen that's on the earth, well, those are evil spirits. Those, those fell because they actually had another place. Christ's place is with the, with the Father. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit, always together, never separated, never. Jesus was never separated from the Father, not even one time. It says that very clearly throughout the Scripture, even in the Old Testament when it's prophesying of Jesus that the Father never forsook him, not even one time, never, because how could he forsake himself? They're one. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That dark cloud that appeared over Jesus, that was the Father. Yes, it was beautiful. Just like he appeared over top of Mount Sinai. And there it is, that same, where's this darkness coming from? It's hidden in the love of God. We can go through that darkness and come out on the other side. Where is on the other side? The other side is where the Father is. There's a process you go through in maturity where you go through that dark cloud and you come in on the other side. Is a dark cloud like evil? No, no, no. The dark cloud is just the mysteries. The mysteries of God are hidden. They're hidden. Why are they hidden? Because they're hidden for us to find. 
It's a mystery. It's fun to find mysteries. Some stuff is under the ground, everyone. Why is the gold under the ground? Why is it under the ground? Why couldn't God put it on top of the ground? Well, so that you would have something to look forward to. Time is fun. Time is your friend. See, listen, I, I understand. We have like this enemy. I know about the enemy. I'm very aware of the enemy. I know the enemy of mankind is death. I know this. But you have to understand that Jesus doesn't see it like that. Jesus doesn't see anybody dying. He never did. He always said they're asleep. He always said that. Oh, they're asleep. And then they're like, when they were giving him a hard time about Lazarus, he's like, okay, fine. If that's how you want to say it, he's dead. But he said he's really asleep. And then he goes and raises him from the dead. Well, why is that? Because he wanted to show everybody that he's really just asleep. Jesus is the resurrection. Hello? Jesus is the resurrection. He said, I am the resurrection. Jesus himself is the resurrection. So he was demonstrating how the resurrection works. Let me show you. Everyone's asleep. Watch. Raised, raised, raised. I'm showing you. He's showing us how the resurrection is. Guess what's going to happen to everybody? Raised. Because listen, they had these controversies. Is there a resurrection? The Sadducees didn't think there was a resurrection. They were sad, you see, because they didn't believe in a resurrection. The Pharisees did believe in the resurrection, and Jesus showed them the resurrection. So now there's no question. Not only did he raise, he raised other people. And then he said himself, I am the resurrection. So even the most terrible thing inside of time, which yes, I agree, it is death. Jesus solved that one too. And he let you know that he is the resurrection. So who's the one that does the raising? Jesus raises us. And he put that inside of us. Inside of our body is resurrection life. So when your body goes into the ground, resurrection life is inside of that body. Still, it just hasn't activated yet. But it will. And when it does, it's going to be pretty amazing. Because I don't think we've seen that many people raised from the dead at the same time, but we will. Because it says that in the scripture, that that is going to happen, that there's going to be a trumpet, and then everyone is going to raise. One, just the last one. Okay, and there it is. It's like, hey, wake up. So the alarm went off. Listen, doesn't pe people wake up to alarms every day, right? And when the alarm goes off, we won't hit snooze. We're just going to wake up. <laughs> we snoozed enough. So they're all coming. It's going to be beautiful. And what's amazing is, is that that's the body and we have the spirit. And those that have gone on into the cloud of witnesses, they're with us. They see us. They know what's happening with us in the spiritual realm. Again, they don't know about the fallen. Nobody cares about that stuff. That's all going away anyway. Well, you know, S Sally said something bad about me, and then I said something bad about Sally. They don't know about that stuff. That stuff is all fallen, you know? And, and, and you know, like you say, well, I got a new job. Okay, well, they might know what the life of God is being fulfilled in you, right? Things are happening. They might not know or care about the specifics. The last time I talked to someone in the cloud of witnesses, they said, they said, tell me what's going on. But, said, but then they said very specifically, not the news. I don't want to know the news. They said that to me because that's their personality. That's how they talk. And I was like, oh, okay. And I didn't really know what to say because I was going to say something about like the elections or something like that. And they're like, no, not the news. They don't care about that. <laughs> you know why? Because it's already done for them. They already see the end. So they're just like, no, no, not the details. But, but what is happening in your garden? What is happening in the life of God within you? How you're growing and, and being nurtured by the Spirit. 
the, the, the hidden mysteries of Christ being revealed in you, your book that God's written about you being laid out and being shown all these different aspects of your life, all these different memorials and remembrances of the things that he's done, you know, and that life flowing through time as a river, right? And so we have all that. So they're looking at all this to us. So understand that, that higher and lower isn't about physical matter. He made the heavens and the earth. He redeemed the heavens and the earth. We walk as sons of God in heaven and on earth. We exist in those places. Now how? It's not in the same way that we exist here. You don't exist in heaven the same way you exist on earth. Those are two different types of interactions. But when you go into prayer, where do you go? Well, where you've always been. You're in heaven. You don't have to shout really loud for God to hear you. Why is that? Because you're with him. <laughs> you're already there. Hello. I mean, if not, all our prayer meetings would be just shouting as loud as we could. Maybe we'd get a thing to send into space or something. But God's not in space. He's in everything. You're in him, actually. So our interaction with God in prayer has to do with us going in to that place within, right? Into what Jesus said, go to your closet. Well, where's the closet? Well, it's in you. It's your room. Go into your room, your room in the spirit, okay? It's inside of you. It's your, it's your room. Just go in there and just hang out with Jesus, you know? A lot of things happen that are not words. <laughs> Tons of things happen that are not words. Actually, I would say most things that happen aren't words. Now, what can a word do? Are words important? They sure are, because what a word does is a word will take the thing that is invisible and make it concrete in the earth. So you can say a thing, and it is done. On earth, as it is in heaven, Jesus said. On earth, as it is in heaven. That's what the Lord's Prayer, right? Mm -hmm. On earth, as it is in heaven. So what you're doing when you speak a word... Now, how are you speaking it? You know, because this going back to our original that we know, our foundation. How do you speak that word? You speak it in faith. You believe what you say shall come to pass, and you will have what you say. That's the foundation. But what is it you're saying? Where's the desire coming from? It's his desire. So you're speaking his desire, and it's solidifying onto the earth. You see what I'm saying? Like, you have ideas. There's, a, there's this... Um, lethargic spirit that exists in the world. I don't know what exactly it is. I could, I'll just say it's lethargic. Lethargic spirit says, do nothing, speak nothing, let things just happen. That's lethargic, right. Um, actually, now this is for the older group, but um, uh, Rodney Howard Brown used to call it the Doris Day Doctrine. Whatever will be, will be. That's her famous song. So you just let it be. Whatever it is, it's just going to happen. Okay, now, and then other people say, no, you make things bend to your will. Okay, well, that's more of a, you know, spirit of, of rulership. Okay, that's, a, that's one of the, that's not the Lord either. But what does heaven say? Well, if anything has to do with the cross, Jesus declares a thing righteous. Indeed, Jesus declares a thing whole and well. You say, why? Why do you say that? I mean, you want to be well. I mean, who doesn't, right? 
but you understand that on earth as it is in heaven means be healed, be whole, be well. Not because of your idea about it. It's because you see it. Yeah, but you know, sometimes. No, it's, there was no sometimes. Now, what the sometimes is, is that you give over to a spirit of lethargy. You give over or you, or you feel weak in your faith. But what does the Bible say if people are weak in their faith? To go and help them. Yeah, go and help them. If they're weak in faith, pray for them. You know, Jesus prayed for his disciples that their faith would fail not, the Bible says. He prayed, for, he prayed for Peter, remember? He said, Peter, Satan's attempting to sift you like wheat, but I've prayed for you, and it's not going to work. <laughs> right? So we can pray, and who guess who else prays? Jesus. He's still praying for us. He didn't ever stop. He'd be like, hey, there's Jesus. What is he doing? He's interceding for us. But you know what he does? He just like gives us of himself. So anyway, he just takes of what he is and he gives it to us and then his strength becomes our strength. He takes our weakness and exchanges it for his strength, okay? So these are all little things. So I want us to just kind of go back to that. Higher and lower. What does it mean to be higher? What does it mean to be lower? Get rid of these ideas so that in, in the religious systems they teach you that physical matter is evil. That is not true. That is actually an ancient pagan um, heresy that the early church fought hard against and it's a heresy called Gnosticism and it means that anything physical is bad and everything invisible is good and that is not what the scripture says. He made the heavens and the earth. Jesus came in flesh in real flesh a human body not a spiritual body a human body. Does Jesus have spiritual bodies? Yes of course he does he is the Alpha and Omega so do you but he came in a physical body. Well, yeah, the creation says it is good every day. Why would, he, why would he all of a sudden say it is bad? Now, there are things in the creation that are bad, but not the creation itself. Murder was never part of creation. On this day, God said, let the lions eat the antelope. He didn't ever say that. That's something that lions decided to do. <laughs> It's true. Now, we're kind of in this position right now where we do eat things and we need certain things for nourishment. But I, like I said, it's not always going to be like this. It's going to change. And it's not going to be through this weird soy stuff that they're making either. That's what I would call an Ishmael. That weird, you know, impossible burgers and all that kind of stuff. It's all bugs and stuff. That, God didn't say to eat bugs, okay? But there is something else. And I believe that we can live off of the life of Christ. I do believe that. I believe that as we're revealed on the earth, things are going to start to change about our bodies, about how we live, about the things that we do. You know, our blood sugars are going to balance themselves out. These kind of things are going to happen. Why is that? Because of who we are in Christ. So what we're doing is instead of having the soul try to get control of everything, we're, and again, your soul does its maintenance. You do your maintenance. You got to do it, right? But don't put your faith in your maintenance. Put your faith in Jesus. Put your faith in the invisible, eternal God. Instead of putting your faith in temporal things, do the things that are temporal. I mean, if the Lord tells you, don't drink soda, you know, it's not helping you, then don't drink it. You know, maybe you should stop drinking soda. I mean, it's something to do. It's a natural thing. Don't put your faith in it. Put your faith in Jesus. He's the healer. He's the restorer. He's your life. 
You know, so it's a balance, but but don't see the physical as bad. Because why, if you did, then you'd be like, I do whatever I want, it doesn't matter, you know, and then I just trust the Lord. Well, yeah, but what if you said don't do that thing? Then just don't do it. You know, I mean, like, it's not good for you. You can do whatever you want, right? But maybe this isn't something, you know, like maybe you're a smoker and you smoked a lot. And the Lord's like, look, you're like, I can't quit. And be like, look, I'll help you, right? You know you don't want to smoke anymore. You know what smoking does for you, does to you, right? So you just ask the Lord, help me to quit smoking. And he will. I remember um, one guy from church, he told me that that's what happened one time. He, um, in one day, the Lord completely delivered him from smoking. He never smoked again. He, he's sit out in the foyer and he's talking about it. And he goes, just one day, I just came in, I just went in and I'm like, I have no desire to smoke anymore. It just left me completely. And he was addicted to smoking for a long time, you know? So God isn't there to condemn us. He's there to help us. You know, some people are like, oh, you smoke. Well, you know, a lot of people have smoked, you know, and it's hard for them to quit. And, you know, but they want to quit. So just let them trust the Lord. The Lord will help them quit. But don't, like, like I said, if a brother is weak in faith, and what I say by weak in faith, they're going to be weak in faith in a certain area. They'd never overcome smoking before. This is the first time for them. Maybe you have overcome smoking. Well, great. You didn't want to smoke anymore. You've overcome smoking. Excellent. Well, now you can pray for that person, and you can bring your faith to their faith, and that will help them to overcome. That's what it means to bear each other's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. You're bearing each other's burdens because you know that they're weak in faith in that area, so you're ministering to them. You're not condemning them. You're helping them. And so a lot of times people just go in and they condemn somebody. Oh, you're doing this and that. I can't believe it. Blah, 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 blah. But that's not what it's about. It's about bearing one another's burdens and fulfilling the law of Christ. If you see a person weak in faith, point it out and show them how weak they are. You're so weak. Ha, ha, ha. No. Why would you want someone to do that to you? And then that makes you feel condemned. So if there's an area in your life where you need help, just ask, say, Lord, I need some support here. I'm going to overcome this area in my life because I know it's not good for me. I don't need to do that and this and the other thing. But some people, like I was listening to um, Justin Abraham was talking about um, Bob, uh, what's his name, Jones. And he's like talking about how all these guys are fasting, you know, this guy's fasting and that guy. And they're all talking about fasting. And Bob Jones looks at the other guy. He's like, he goes, they're just going to be hungry. <laughs> he went and had fried chicken. <laughs> He always ate fried chicken. But that's what he did unto the Lord. That didn't bother him one bit. Didn't bother him one bit. He just ate Kentucky fried chicken all the time. And he didn't ever do any of those fasts. He goes, I feast. I feast on the Lord. I don't fast. But some people like to fast. That's okay. Like I said, people are interacting with the Lord in different ways. And if they're fasting, they're fasting to the Lord. If they're feasting, they're feasting with the Lord. You Again, take the lens of works off. You got to take them off. You got you to listen to the message in the grace of God. We're growing. God is developing us on the inside. We're learning more. You see the difference? If not, I'm going to be like, oh, you got to do this. Nope. Remember, anytime you start teaching, people are like, tell me what I'm doing wrong and what I got to do right, Jamin. I'm ready for the teaching. I'll be like, guess what? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let the Lord tell, show you how much he loves you. And then from that oneness and intimacy you have with him, he's going to literally just change you from the inside. And you're not, and whatever behavior you have or don't have, it's just going to start to look just like Jesus. And because what is Jesus demonstrating? His love. What does love look like? It looks like what he was, what did he give you? The Good Samaritan. He gave you the parable of the Good Samaritan, right? The guy that, which is the equivalent of like the Mormon. It's like the parable of the Mormon. Well, who's the Mormon? Well, the Mormon's the one that helped the guy that was beat up on the side of the road. <laughs> That's like for Christians to be like a Mormon. The story of the Good Mormon. That's what Jesus told him that story. <laughs> oh, the Mormon? Well, they don't even believe in the Bible. 
but what? Oh, he was the neighbor? You know what I'm saying? You guys know, you guys, am I, am I saying it too, too obscure? Yeah. So he wasn't the good Samaritan, he's a good Mormon. You see, sometimes you got to swap out words so that it actually has the, the same punch that it did with Jesus. <laughs> he was the nice guy, the Mormon. <laughs> oh, the one. <laughs> Plus, yeah, he's, he's well, how, how, who is my neighbor? They said to Jesus. And it was so funny. After he did that, it says, nobody dared ask him a question after that. <laughs> Because Jesus' teaching is so complete. He, he teach, listen, if you've ever had the Lord teach you something, it is so complete that when you're done, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> you don't have to, do, he's, he's such a good teacher. He's such a good teacher. He's just amazing. You know, I love how Brother Moore calls him the master. He's called the master teacher. You know, you, you can use that word master. It doesn't have to do with slavery. I know that's a weird thing. He said, don't use the word master anymore. Well, if you master a thing, you're the master of it. You're not a master of a person. I mean, give me a break. Anyway, so he's the master teacher, and uh, he's done some amazing things in us. So, you know, again, allow the Lord to show you about nature, to show you about the creation, the things that are around you. You know, in some of these books I'm reading, there's like miracles of provision. Like, um, I remember hearing one person, they said they needed money for a thing, and they opened up their cabinet, and a roll of bills fell out of their cabinet into their hand. It just fell right. It just fell right out of the cabinet. I mean, that's a miracle. Yeah. But see, this is this is time, space stuff that's going on here. You don't don't worry about what people think about you, okay? Because they're going to think you're weird anyway. And in all honesty, it's weird to not engage in the spirit. That it's actually the opposite. What they tell you is weird is actually normal, and what's and what's actually weird is not being in the spirit. That's actually the super weird. As powerful as you are, not being in the spirit. That's really weird. And anyone that is in the spirit looking, they'll be like, you know, why aren't they doing anything? <laughs> They're just. Yeah, and it's just, and it's just, and it's just going like that. And you're like, you know, you can press that gas pedal and this thing really goes. But we have our own ideas. We have things that we've been taught saying you can't do this and you can't do that and you can only do this and you can only do that. And, and none of those limitations God ever put on us. Those were all put on us by men. You can't expand out and do these things. You have to be limited to the things that are common. And Jesus said, you're not common. Some people may be, or some things on the earth have, are under the influence of the things that are common, but you are under my influence and I'm going to show you what it means to be a son of God. So that's a process that we're working through. It's not, it's not something that happens immediately, but again, honor everything that God gives you. Honor the, honor the things like if, if, if he shows you a certain thing, you know, like you were showing us this morning, honor that thing and see what God does with that. See what, see, you know, just see what God is opening up in you and what he's showing you because, because it's about our relationship with him. It's not as much of like, it's almost like um, we have this idea that God really wants to get a million dollars to me and he's just not able to do it. And it's like, that's not what it's about because when you love, that is making an impact across time and space. So every act of love that you engage in starts a ripple effect that affects many, many people throughout the generations. And how do I know this? Well, I went forward in time one night and I met my great-great-grandchildren and I saw the negative impact of that. 
And I was surprised, and the Lord wanted me to know what little things do in the future. So you say, oh no, I'm just dealing with that because of this person right now. But you don't realize what that did. That started a process that ripples further out into time. So now you've got generations that are happening further. So this is why when we instruct people in the ways of, of Yahweh, which is the right way to do it, and we teach them the ways of Yeshua, who is the king, right? So we know that we're a kingdom of priests. We teach that, and that ripples out. And now we basically have heaven on earth because we've just shifted that whole paradigm, you know, of the flesh, we call the flesh, or the lower realm, the unrenewed mind, and we shifted it up to the higher and said, let me introduce you to my friend Jesus. And this is how he does it. He loves. He nurtures. He forgives. He gives without expecting anything back. That's what he does. That's his thing. Let's do that. And so as you do that, that ripples out through time. So remember this in these little things that we're doing, it's not the million dollars. It's not the $10 million. That is fine. And he wants us to know how much he wants to take care of us. And, and as we follow him, because we get ideas like, well, this worked for me, so I'm going to do it. And the Lord's like, how about this? You're like, nope, I'm going to do this. Okay. Now he's not punishing you because you didn't listen to him. You punished yourself by not listening to him. That's what happens. We end up punishing ourselves by getting bullheaded and stubborn. Stubbornness is not a godly attribute when it comes to the heart of the Father. Why do we get stubborn? Because we see our heart and God's heart are in are different places. We haven't realized the oneness we have with Christ, and we've allowed our soul to take to take charge, to be the captain of our life, which has to do with our reasoning and our mentalities, but not love, right? So now you have this soul-driven life that is dealing with things around it based on past experience. Well, how do you know your past experience taught you right? Can you imagine some people's past experience? You'd be like, I can't see how they could have learned anything from that past experience because everything about it was wrong. So we need to be instructed by the Lord, not by our past experience. We need to let the past stay in the past. We need to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. We need to be renewed in the things of God. Now, he will show us things. He will reveal things to our heart. He will show us paths to walk in. Why? Because they're paths of righteousness and they're paths of plenty. And there's an abundance on that path, an abundance. You see, so those are the kind of things he teaches us. This is not something he's withholding. It's not about a million. Could be 10 million, could be 20 million. Who knows with inflation, we all may end up with $20 million in the next 10 years anyway, just because that's how much money it's gone down. Who knows? <laughs> if I got my first million this year, why is that? Well, inflation just skyrocketed. We all have a million. That's the only way you can do anything. Um, <laughs> who knows? I'm not saying that in the negative. The reason that I laugh is because I know that God takes care of his people. No matter what happens in the earth, no matter what happens with inflation or whatever, God's going to take care of us. Why? Because he promised to. He promised. He doesn't break promises. If he says, I'm going to take care of you, he is going to take care of us. Do not worry. Let the Lord keep that path going for you. Keep it working. Because most of it, like I said, is about relationship. Us getting to know him. We have had some very funny ideas about God. And what I mean by funny is wrong. <laughs> wrong ideas. Things that we concocted in our head because we're logically trying to figure him out. 
I have conversations with people about this all the time. They're like, well, you think God's doing this and you think God's doing that? I'm like, have you asked him what he's doing? He literally is right here. <laughs> he's, he's right here. Yeah. The kingdom of the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's right here. So you can ask him what he's doing and he can say, well, I'm not doing any of that. Okay. Well, what are we doing? Because I always say, what are we doing? It's not like he's over here and I'm over here. We're doing everything together. He wants to do things with us. That's what his whole, that's his whole point. Why do you think he's decided to live inside your house? Because when you live with people, you do stuff with them pretty much all the time, especially if you're a moving house. You're like an RV. <laughs> Spiritual RVs. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Our body. Be present. <laughs> be present with the Lord. <laughs> So, you know, I mean, I, I, so just remember like all of the little things in our lives that we think are insignificant are not insignificant to God. He sees from the smallest to the greatest. He knows every single thing. You know, you, you're, you've lost something. Tell him, hey, I lost the thing. I don't know where it is. I saw a funny joke the other day, which is only funny to me, probably. But it says, it said, it said, you said that animal's extinct. How do you know? Did you look everywhere? <laughs> And I thought that was hysterical because I always felt like the Lord, the Lord almost would say something like that as your dad. Like, I can't find that animal anymore. I think it's extinct. And he's like, did you look in your room? Did you look in your closet? Did you look out in the garage? Are you sure that animal is extinct? Have you literally looked everywhere for it? Because you know what ends up happening is they go out into the Amazon or something and they're like, oh, there's one. <laughs> I guess it's not extinct. Like, so then it's always like there's an extinct animal and now they're off the extinct list. It's like, oh, that means you lost the animal and now you found one. <laughs> or there's another species that always existed. I just think creation is amazing. And I honestly do not believe that we have any idea what kind of miracle we're inside of. And we're just barely, barely understanding any of it. And that's with the best science that we have, including quantum physics. We barely understand this creation. But only in Christ is it fully realized. Only in the knowledge of God is the creation fully realized because there is so much he wants to demonstrate. Everyone's like, oh, why doesn't God just appear to everyone and say, hi, I'm God? I'm saying if he did that, they wouldn't believe him anyway. They'd say, oh, it's an alien that said he's God. I'm saying people will just come up with whatever they want to. They're like, yeah, convince me. That's not how it works. You believe because you, because what, here's the thing you have to understand. You are a spirit. Your spirit comes from a source. The recognition of that source is what produces faith within you. Your source is ensourced in God. When you recognize your sources in God and you connect with the source of where you come from, faith comes and you don't need to see anything because you know where you are. The visible isn't going to do anything for you people. It's not going to work. No matter how many signs and wonders you see. Now, some people, because they heard the call of God, the second they see the miracle, they know that's the Lord and they give their heart to the Lord. But the some of them, and they have a stubborn heart. And if your heart is stubborn toward the Lord, it's hard and it needs to be changed. And that comes through revelation. So Jesus can handle all of it. But I'm just saying, don't come to me and say, I need to see more signs because the signs ain't going to do it. I'm just telling you, it doesn't work. Jesus told, told the people that told him that, he said, listen, I'll give you a sign. It's a sign of Jonah. Three days and three nights in the belly of the whale. That's what he told him. He goes, that's your sign. Why is that? Because you're identified in Christ. When you see yourself in him, you, you don't need any other sign because you know three days and three nights in the belly of a whale, that's your sign. That's the one you get. 
This generation wants a sign. This generation wants knowledge. The Greeks want wisdom. The Jews want a sign. He's like, we preach Christ crucified, which is foolishness to both groups. <laughs> Why is that? Because your identity is in Christ. You're identified in your relationship with him. When you recognize him and see him for who he is, that's when you become realized on the earth. You actually become revealed. Sons of God are revealed. We have all of these cloudy, you know, hidden people, right, all over. And then when Christ has come, revealed. Not revealed through weird things, but revealed in his love and in the spirit. So we're renewed in the spirit of our mind. When we're renewed in the understanding of Christ, when we do, it changes how we interact with everything. Everything changes in a good way. And then we realize, hey, I come into rest. I come into peace. I'm good. I'm filled with the joy of the Lord. I'm filled with the joy of Yahweh. I'm good to go. You know, I don't need anything. He whom the Son has set free is free indeed. I have things in my life, maybe, that God wants to heal in me. I receive that healing. Anytime you think about that, if you say, you know, I have a lot of hurt, you know what you should think right after that? I have a lot of healing. I have a lot of hurt. I have a lot of healing. There's a lot of healing happening in me right now. You can say it. Remember I said about words? There's a lot of healing. God's healing a lot in me right now. He's healing me. My, my mind, my conscience, all these things, they're being healed. It's being restored. Oh, I saw a lot of bad stuff. But you know what? My conscience is being renewed. My conscience is being restored. Being made new like a baby. Because Christ has set me free. I don't have a seared conscience anymore. My conscience has been renewed in Christ. It has now been made new. Why? Because of who he is in me. I'm just like a brand new baby. I've never done anything wrong. Why? Because I'm new in him. I'm a baby. I'm a babe. <laughs> I'm a babe in Christ. So, look at this. Colossians 1. I'll close with this scripture. We'll have a scripture, everyone. I had a lot of scriptures, but I'll give you a quoted scripture. Colossians 1. 26, the secret that has been covered from the world and from the eras is now revealed to his holy ones. The secret that has been covered from the world. Remember, I talk about secrets a lot, mysteries. Mm -hmm. There was a secret covered, just like we were secret. We were, we're like covered, right? 126. Yeah, 126, Colossians. The secret that has been covered from the world and from the eras. So for, for all the eras up until this point, it was, it was a secret. Remember how I said Christ is inside of the earth? He grew up and he, he was always there. <laughs> That's why I said he didn't fall. He was always there. God desires making known to those in the Gentile peoples what are the riches of the glory of this secret, that the Messiah is in you. What? The hope of our glory. This is the secret. The Messiah is in you. That's what it says. Mm -hmm. Is that not the gospel? Mm -hmm. When you go preach and you say, what is the secret? So again, this secret wasn't just revealed to the Jews. He revealed it to the Gentiles. And as we know, Gentiles means anybody who's not a Jew. So that means the whole world. The whole world was revealed. This secret was revealed and it was covered. It was covered. It was hidden. And now here's what it is. The Messiah is in you the hope of our glory. Again, 
What is the hope of our glory? In other words, we're being transformed. We're being transformed. There's a hope of what? Transformation. This body doesn't stay like this. Your body doesn't stay like yours. None of our body stays the same. They get renewed, restored. What about our mind? Renewed, restored by the Spirit of God. Renewed by the Spirit. Renewed continually. The Bible actually says that we're renewed every day. Every day. You know, like your skin gets renewed every day. It's kind of gross to think about. Like every, like you actually are a completely different person like every three or four days. It's so weird because <laughs> it just changes and then you have a new skin. But anyway, but your mind is also renewed. You guys know about that in science, right? So, but your mind is also renewed every day. It's like your physical body right now is completely like different than it was last week. It's so weird. <laughs> but now we are renewed. Where? Day by day, you know, the Messiah is in you, the hope of his glory. We are his heralds. We are his heralds. And we teach. And we are schooling all humans with all wisdom that all humans will stand as perfectly polished in Jesus the Messiah. How are you perfectly polished? In Jesus the Messiah. Where are you? In him. You can't add works to that. I'm perfectly polished because I did everything right. That's not what makes you perfectly polished. That's not what makes you righteous. You are in Jesus. Okay? And for this, for in this I also labor, and I am attacking it with the help of the power that is granted to me. So again, this message is the message of the cross. It's the message of the resurrection. It's the message of the riches of the glory of Christ the Messiah in you, the hope of glory. So again, if the Messiah is in me, physical body, yes, in your physical body, yeah, correct. You are correct. What about my spiritual body? Yes, you are correct there too. What about my mind? You are correct there too. So be renewed in the spirit of your mind, the Bible says. How can I do that? Because I have the spirit within me. So now my mind is being renewed. How many books do I have to read? Zero. <laughs> Now, will you read a book and have something renew your mind? Yeah, you like your Bible, sure. But it's the Spirit that renews you. It's the Spirit that renews you. Remember that. It's the Spirit that renews you. This is a faith thing, God. This is being in the Spirit, letting the Word of God renew us. How does it do it? By being in the Spirit. You know, the soul is like, I can do it. No, you can't. You can't do it. It's not for you. You get renewed and you be quiet. <laughs> be still and be quiet. Enjoy the Lord today. Enjoy the Lord. Enjoy the rest of the Spirit. Cease from activity. I've got so many things to go to do. Cease from activity. Let the Lord renew. Because you know what? If he said, I've taken care of it, what's left for you? Just walk in it. Just walk in every day. Walk in it. Don't be lethargic. That doesn't mean I don't do anything. I just say, I have something that happens. No. Act like... You have the answer. Act like the thing that you ask God for is yours. Just do it. Just walk in it. Isn't that what that means? Walk it out. Just do the thing. What thing? Whatever it is that God told you that is yours, just do that thing. You know? Walk in it. A step at a time as your faith allows you to walk in it. In other words, if you're weak... Ask God for strength and walk in the strength that you have. I can maybe, maybe, 
I can't do this in faith, but I could do that in faith. What can you do in faith? You can do all things through Christ, but if you say, well, this person did that and that person did that, well, guess what that person is? Not you. <laughs> so why don't you do what you can do in faith? What's the thing? Yeah. And you say, well, it's little. No, it's not. Nothing done in faith is little. <laughs> Everything done in faith is huge because it's the potential of the seed. Everything you do in faith is the potential of the seed in it. Things that you do in your, in your soul have the potential of just the work that you put out. It does not have the potential of seed inside of it. Only the things that you do in faith have the potential of seed inside of it. And what do I mean by that? You can have two things. Two people are doing the same thing, and one's doing them in faith, and one's doing it because they're grudgingly doing it. Well, who's going to get the seed potential? The one doing it in faith. Who's going to get whatever the works that their hands gave them? The ones who just think, whatever I do is what I do, and whatever I get is what I get. And that's exactly what they're going to get because they didn't put any seed potential into it. They only put the work of their hand potential because they only live by what they could see, not by the things which do appear, which are in the invisible realm. So again, this is all things that the Lord is teaching us about so that we can grow in them. So again, a lot to think about. Take one piece at a time. Meditate on what God shows you in your heart. Don't feel like you have to digest the entire buffet. <laughs> So there we have it. Maybe we'll post this. Maybe we won't. Maybe we'll post it. If I post it or I say we post it or we don't, it'll be on the recording either way. So maybe someone will get something out of this. All right. Let's uh, pray. Father, thank you for being in us big. And the Spirit living in us big. Thank you that our mind is being renewed. Our, the Spirit of our mind being renewed in the knowledge of God, that we've been brought into you, we've become aware of your love, we've become aware of our oneness in you, we're being revealed on the earth as sons of God, manifesting the love of God everywhere we go, like rivers of living water moving in and out from our innermost being and watering the earth. Thank you that we're participating in this beautiful dance of the Spirit, of the Trinity, of all the things that you've given us. We love you. In Jesus' mighty name, Yeshua. Amen.